in his sight that's what we want isn't it amen that our life our heart all that we are acceptable in his sight let's just speak to the Lord today father as we bow before you we want to say thank you for grace thank you for your loving kindness your tender mercies that endure to every generation mercies that are new every morning Thank you for this time of worship, Lord. And God, when storms are going around us and rainy days and whatever, but Lord, here we are in your presence and we just say, Lord, let us receive of your rain, Lord. Oh God, let your latter rain be poured out on us, Father. This day that we're living, may it just manifest Jesus Christ to the world. We are yours, Lord, and we just ask that you would bless your people, Lord, those that are sick and needy. We have called their names across the, the pulpit. We pray especially for Sister Jeannie today. You would touch her, Lord, in a very special way. Lord, for Sister Hollis that is suffering so, so grievously, Lord, will you touch her? Oh, God, will you heal your people everywhere across the land, wherever they are gathered today? minister to their hearts heal your people father and touch their lives we're asking in jesus name amen amen praise the lord god bless you i'm gonna let you have your seats for a moment here and just say it's um, certainly good to be in the house of the lord today with you believers amen matthew it's good to see you in service today god bless you and your little boy amen we uh Thank the, thank the Lord we hear that God's been dealing with your heart. And I just pray that you'll just press on, man. It, it's worth it all to be his child and to recognize who you are as the son of God. It's so important. Amen. And thank you. We appreciate the music today and the worship to the Lord. Um, I, you know, before I get into the message this morning, I'd kind of like to summarize um, some of the things that I said in the previous service, you know, I get a little bit cramped for time and uh, sometimes don't complete my thoughts and, and get to finish uh, a subject. And I really wanted to be one and done. You know how it is. You'd like to get it done and finished with and move on. But, you know, um, when, you, when you get like that, maybe sometimes you will leave out some important parts that will help keep balance as to what is preached. And we want to be very balanced in our approach to this great subject. Now, first of all, you know, I, I wanted to tell the church here and the world as far as that goes, uh, across the world, you know, recently I was at Brother uh, Ron Spencer's. We went up there for a very special reason. Uh, he had received some some bad news from the doctors that they saw something in his eyes there and got a report while we were there that 
it was cancer and it's from somewhere thinking it's coming from his brains. He'll have some scans tomorrow and, and uh, we'll lay, know sometimes later uh, uh, about the results of that. You know how that is. It takes time. And, um, but anyway, you know, when, while I was there, uh, I was really kind of caught off guard about this. Um, so I want to address it. I, I, I want to address dreams, for example, you know. You know, a, a true interpretation of a dream is when um, a vision is given that interprets that dream. And if a prophet is not available to interpret the dream in that manner, then God will speak directly without symbols, without it being symbolic. And, uh, you know, when I was at Brother Ron's, Brother Andrew Spencer said that I interpreted a dream that Brother Ron had, and I want to make that clear that was no interpretation. I never meant it to be called an interpretation. I never called it an interpretation. But simply what happened was we were texting together one morning and Brother Ron shared with me a dream that he'd had. And, you know, I just simply replied um, by text. And my text was just um, my ponderings, you know, my thoughts. As I thought about what he dreamed and as I did, I text that back to him and it was just my good thoughts about it to just to lift his spirits and attempt to encourage him in his battle that he's having against cancer. Now, I didn't realize Brother Ron had shared my ponderings with his family, but that's okay. Um, Brother Andrew referred to it for the same reason. That was to encourage his daddy, and he just mistakenly called it an interpretation. It was not. It was the whole event. That weekend was just for us to encourage uh, Brother Ron. Brother Donnie was there with me. And, uh, and for that, and because it was in a moment of encouragement, I didn't address it publicly at that time, but I did tell Brother Ron immediately after the service, now that was not an interpretation. And it certainly isn't, thus saith the Lord. Um, and he said, hey, it was only a dream, and a dream is just that, a dream. You know, we all have dreams. You can, you can have um, good dreams, that even if it's certain ways, it gives you a good feeling. Well, that's what we were working on was this good feeling. Now, I do, I do sincerely pray the curse is over and that he's won the victory, and he, he will one way or the other. You know, God will not allow him to go on forever like this. He, he will bring deliverance for healing here or healing in that fair land that we all live to go to. Amen. You notice how I said it. We don't die to go. We're not dying to go there. We're living to go there. Amen. Now, we believe in every gift that God has, and I don't believe that they're to be laid on the mantle as it was. I don't believe this is a time for it. I believe that we're in the hour where um, the Word of God should be manifested. Now, we believe that prophecy should not be vain repetitions of saying the Lord is coming and, and so on like that, that there are other gifts that are commissioned to do that, and that, are, that is the ministerial gifts. Gifts of ministry, a pulpit ministry should remind us that the Lord is coming and is soon coming uh, through the preaching of the Word. That's our job as, and that gift to take that and expound that to the people. Now, in answering a question that was brought to me about prophecy, I showed examples of where prophecies 
can, you know, have indeed referred to Scripture, such as John the Baptist was sent to forerun the first coming of Christ. You are sent with a message to forerun his second coming. And then of Brother Branham's own prophecy where he spoke in tongues and he interpreted and said he's a rock in a weary land and a shelter at the time of storm. Now, I didn't get to finish my notes on this subject because, and I want to be careful that we're not left one-sided about this because that can open the door for just carnal nonsense of claiming prophecy to just be saying Jesus is coming soon and vague thoughts and just repeating scriptures, and then that would be vain repetition. True prophecy then should aim, that we should aim for is prophecy that tells us of things that are going to happen. For example, um, Brother Branham tells us that it couldn't be just quoting Scripture because God told us not to use vain repetition. It had to be a message directed to some person in the church or it wasn't received. And then say, for instance, somebody would raise and say, Thus saith the Lord tonight at the service there be a lady come in with a bandage around her head and she was in an automobile accident five years ago and she can't be healed and they're bringing her to, from a certain place, have brother so-and-so as soon as she comes in. They'll be coming from Michigan to lay hands, hands on her for thus saith the Lord, she's going to be healed. Now, so, you know, it's examples like that that Brother Branham told us that prophecies should be, should be things that, that are direct, that are dealing with, uh, with, with situation, needs in people's lives. So, so what good would a vague uttering do us that just said Jesus is coming soon? Or, or just quoting scripture. You know, when, when ministry can expound on that and bring it out perfectly. But Brother Branham hoped that, that the gifts would give him relief from the discernment. And that was his expectation of prophecy. And speaking of that, he, he said in Gabriel's instruction to Daniel uh, about the, the gifts that he was seeing in his church, he said, we're so grateful for that. What a relief that is for me at home. When I come in then, that discernment on the prophetic side just tears me down. And therefore, God has sent me some relief for that through prophecy and speaking in tongues, interpretation, which is prophecy, speaking in tongues, there's two different people prophesying, one speaking, the other understanding what the other's saying, and then on tongues, which is exactly prophecy. And then, and then in, of course, in 1964, he elaborates it again in question and answers. Now, I believe in speaking in tongues. I believe in interpretation, but it must be something directly to the church, not the Lord is coming soon, or something which is all right, but don't use vain repetitions, Jesus said, as heathens do. It must be something, go tell brother so-and-so a certain thing he's done. Or why, go tell brother sister so-and-so when she did a certain thing the other day, she transgressed the laws of her husband, about her husband, unless she makes that right, the Holy Spirit will cut her off there. You, you got thus saith the Lord. And then when that sin, when, then bring that sin in, then we got a church like it was, when Ananias Sapphira came in, then we got a church that stands solid. Well, you say, Brother Branham, one guy said, well, you put us too much on the spot. I said, ain't I on the spot up here, up there with the strangers I'd never seen in my life? But I got faith and confidence in my God who sent me to do this, and never one time has it been wrong, and never will be as long as it's God. And I just say, that's true. If it isn't spot on, even if it's just 99% right, it's not what we want. Amen. For Jesus never fails. Amen. Now, 
for, as for church order, we believe in church order, as Brother Branham taught it. And it should in no way would we want to diminish that or, or minimize its importance. I believe he had a correct way to handle these gifts. Now, studying that carefully as I have, though, I don't believe it should be applied in a dogmatic manner. Though, until no one dared to speak with tongues or, you know, or no one dared to interpret. But as they become manifested among us, we should provide room or way for those gifts to operate because we certainly want everything God has. Now, Brother Branham, he did this himself. In Laodicea and age, he said, usually if the gifts get to working good in the church, we'll have you meet a long time before the other service and let the Lord work with you there, you see, because then on this part, it won't interrupt at all. And, of course, you know we should be well-trained. It should never, ever interrupt the ministry as the, or an altar call or something like that as long as the, the minister because it's in the pulpit, as long as a minister is in the pulpit, should never interrupt that. Because why? The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. So, uh, so if there is a prophet or preacher in the pulpit, you know, that's where God is speaking now. He's not going to interrupt himself, right? So no matter how much you feel tongues or you feel this or you feel the prophecy, it's not the time to, to talk. You're, you're totally out of order. And, of course, we would deal with that. But anyway, as Brother Branham also said, as these messages are proving out to be of God because, and these messages are proving out to be of God because they're actually not coming out of order. They're just, and they're just set in order. And as soon as these gifts begin to accumulate, we're going to try to get, them, get it set right back into the church way of doing it. And I'm, I'm to see them pretty soon and that the meetings will be carried on just as perfectly in the order of the Lord as, as we can get it perfectly. So Brother Branham used church order to correct and to place the gifts that had got out of order because of the Azusa Pentecostal movement. And then he used it to correct things in his own church. So he uh, explained that when he says the reason of it is because when I set the church here in a certain order, when I come back to see if I could get the manifestations of the gift, half of them pulled away because when you would start to speak or preach or something, it, got, it was getting such a place you could hardly preach unless somebody was, there was somebody spoken tongues or somebody interpreting or somebody giving an interpretation. Half of it never even come to pass. So he used the church order to correct the things that was going in his church. He also used it when they started working good to when they began to accumulate, you know, when to meet together and then wait on their ministry. Now, you know, Paul set the church in order and he taught the proper use of the gifts of the Spirit and he confirmed that they were to remain in the church till Jesus came. Now, we believe that Brother Branham was as Paul in the first age, and he taught the proper use of the gifts of the Spirit as Paul did, and he knew how to bring correct order to them. Now, these gifts can only, they can only show their true value if we operate them as Brother Branham said, do it. And we believe the word of the Lord came to the prophet. 
And if we do it that way, then we won't run into a bunch of problems of having to correct the misuse of them. And, and uh, yes, our church is sovereign, just like Brother Junior Jackson's church was sovereign. He, and as he said, now, Brother Jackson had the right to disagree with that. He wants his church, the people all to speak to, with tongues and things in the audience. That's Brother Junior Jackson's troubles. That's up to him. Well, I think we can avoid troubles by staying within the perimeters of the guidelines. You understand? And, and I believe that, that these were, these were God-sent and proper guidelines. It, it's just like interracial marriages, you know, for example. I mean, okay, uh, you can go against that if you want to, but you'll pay for it. You'll pay for it in your children, your family, and society, and situations. You know, it, you'll pay for it with, with marriage problems and everything else. That'll be the result of it. You can go right over the recommendations and, and, you, and, and just do whatever you want to. I don't think you'll go to hell for it, for certainly not. But you'll run into troubles, right? And you can do the same thing, you know, with, with this. You know, we don't want an open door for just anybody coming in and start prophesying lies about the church and the ministry here and saying things that are untrue. And, the, and really, prophecy should be judged because evil spirits can get among us. And Brother Branham even said, before the message could be received and give to the church, there had to be three there with the spirit of discernment, and two or th- of, of that three had to witness it was of God. So then, then of course, um, I'd like to maybe end with this on this, um, this quotation to share with you, and this is from Question and Answers on the Holy Ghost. Now, your question, dear friend, said, I, I, that said, I'd rather speak five words so people can understand me than 5,000 or whatever more it is in unknown tongue. That's true. But read down, down, except it be by revelation or by interpretation to edification, to edify. Now, I just I kind of give you a notion of what if, if I was to pastor this church that's coming, I'd try to find, if God would call me to pastor it, here's the way I'd run it. I'd try to find every person in there that had a gift. And I have to have those people to meet about a half an hour before services ever started to themselves and let them sit down under the Spirit. And the first thing you know, one comes down, he's got a gift of speaking in tongues, he speaks in tongues. Everybody sits still. And then another raises and interprets what he says. Now, before that can be given to the church, the Bible said it has to be judged between two or three witnesses. And that is men who has discernment of Spirit cause. A lot of times, evil powers get in there. Paul spoke of it. And then God's power is in there too. And you tell me a congregation where evil doesn't set. Tell me where sons of God are gathered together that Satan isn't in the midst of them. It's everything. So don't frown at that. Satan's everywhere. Now, here we are. Someone speaks in tongue. Now, there's three sitting there that's got spirit of discernment. One speaks in tongue, gives a message. It can't be quoting scripture because God don't use vain repetitions and and told us, he told us not to. See, so it isn't that. It's a message to the church. So me, as far as I'm concerned, I'd rather there, there, there never be any manifestation of gifts if it's going to cause confusion and carnal nonsense. Amen? Amen. So we, we, of course, you know, want to realize that God gave us some, some guidelines, 
even on how to run our services. We don't talk in church. We don't, we don't visit. You know, we don't chew gum in church. You know, there's a lot of things we don't do that others do. You know, we, we because why? We, uh, we have had a, a messenger come in this day that gave us some real instructions, you know, that, that are practical and godly instructions about how to conduct a service. Now, every situation don't work the same. We combine two here on Sunday morning. You know, he didn't do that. He had a Sunday morning and Sunday night. That worked for his congregation and, and, and the, those that was there. Ours is a little different. We have people drive in from different places and, you know, like the Wiggins come in, what, three hours today? You know, well, we're, we come to church and we're here. We stay here till we're done. We don't, we don't have another service and them have to wait around, you know, find lunch and hang out at the fellowship hall and then come back and us have another service and then drive the long way home. You know, so we, we do things to try to accommodate the, the needs of the people here. And, and so this is, this is what we are doing. And so as we're doing this, we try, to, we try to follow that, though, as closely as we can in a practical but not dogmatic way. All right? So let's, let's read the Word of God this morning. That's all I have to say about that. And I, oh my goodness, I took a lot more time than I intended. Oh my, well, all right. Let's look in John chapter 6, verse 63. Amen. John six sixty-three. It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And then let's go to 2 Corinthians 3 and 4. Now, and such is the trust we have through Christ to Godward. Verse 5, 2 Corinthians 3, 5 now. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything is coming from ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God who hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Amen. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you for the reading of the Word today and just ask that you would anoint it by your Spirit, O oh God, as we would minister, minister life to the people. May the anointing flow. Oh God, may your people's spirits be lifted up, O oh God, to see the promise of the hour in Jesus' name, we just ask that you'll release your anointing on this congregation for your glory. Amen. God bless you. Can be seated. Yes, and upon me too, Lord. Now, so as we look here in the Scripture, you know, we, I want to speak this morning on it is the Spirit that quickens. It is the Spirit that quickens. And that's what I want to speak on this morning. You know, this message is not an intellectual revival. This is a full-blown word revival. And it's not just of the letter, though. It's the, it's the message in print. Or, but it's the, it is the Spirit that gives life. It, it requires the Spirit to make the word live. Now, again, in the, the message Super sign, Brother Branham says uh, this, and I'm going to share this quote. What, what did Jesus say? Go into all the world and preach. Now, Brother Branham emphasizes this over and over again. 
that our job is to preach the gospel to every creature. We know that's our great commission in this last day, that we are the fulfilling of the great commission. Because of the opening of the seals, the gospel, the original gospel has returned. And because of that, we have a commission laid on our shoulders to fulfill these words of Jesus. Preach the gospel and, uh, and to every creature, how far? Unto all the world, how many? Every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And a conjunction, these signs shall follow them that believe in all the world and every creation, every creature. I can show you where God put gifts and power in the church. I want somebody to put your finger on a scripture and show me where he took it out. Where he took it back from the church. It's a super sign to the believer that we have passed from death into life because we feel the Holy Ghost and we see it working in our lives and changing us from what we were to what we are now. Amen. He rose from the dead. Thanks be to God. Make the word super in the last day. He still lives in the seed of Abraham with the super, uh, with the super um, sign. And the sign he promised Abraham to supersede in the last day would perceive the same sign, do the same things because God had to kill Christ Emmanuel to raise him up again to send the Holy Ghost and the eternal one that could not die to live in the church to produce that sign. And all our psychology, what's this? All our psychology and all our great teachers and of all our great our theologians, there's not one living on earth today can produce it. It takes the Holy Ghost and him alone. Amen. So Emmanuel, the, the, the same yesterday, today, and forever, God raised him from the dead. And he's here after 1,900 years alive, the super sign. Amen. So, you know, the, the super sign would be the word in action in this day. The ministry of Christ in bright form. Now, Moses, with all the psychology that he had learned in Egypt, it would not deliver God's people. And on top of that, all the theology cannot deliver God's people either. There was only one thing that could bring deliverance, and that was the Spirit coming down upon the word that had been spoken, but at that time was still laying lifeless. So, Brother Jim, what are you talking about? Well, God had said 400 years before, I, I'm going to let your people sojourn in a strange land for so many generations, about 400 years. And after that, I'll bring them out with a mighty hand. Well, 400 years, that had been laying dormant in the Scripture, right? Until God anointed that and inspired that word. Think about how many years Malachi 4 laid in the Scripture that Elijah would come in the last day until it became spirit-breathed and inspired and began to produce itself. Well, my friends, we're in the day where all the word that concerning the bride is being manifested today. Now, so again, the spirit, the spirit came to anoint the word that had been given to Abraham. Your offspring will sojourn in a strange land. What gave Moses power now? Now, he had, 
had been told the words, you know, you're, you're a special child, and God had said this, and he, you know, the time is about right, and Moses, we believe, you know, that you are the proper child, and, and that you're to do this. But with that knowledge, all he was able to do was kill one, one Egyptian. He didn't deliver the people until God anointed it. That's what we need in this day is the anointed word. The word to become anointed or quickened. Quickened to your heart. Now, you see, again, that's what gave him power. Now, Brother Branham tells us in God in simplicity, um, when he preaches in Albuquerque, he takes those thoughts that he had ministered on from um, uh, from the, the sermon, God in Simplicity at, at, at the tabernacle, where he, he took the blood and broke it down and, and talked about how them under the blood of bulls and goats, you know, that that would give power to Moses to operate. And, and notice, I want you to understand what we are under. We're under a much greater blood than that of Moses. Amen. We are under the life of Christ, the blood of Christ. We're not animal life, but God's own life. Think about that this morning. You have been born of that blood. Amen. And we have that blood today. You know what that blood is? It's the Holy Ghost. That is the life of God that has returned back to the believer to empower a people in this last day. This is why today is the day of the true token. Now, so you see, if the blood of bulls and goats could give Moses the power to go there and by commission of God say, let flies come and stretch forth that rod. And, and, and then um, he spoke the word and it came from God's thought. Then it became a word expressed. God thought it, Moses' mind, um, and put it in Moses' mind. It became a word. And then Moses turned around and maybe not a fly in the country. But in an hour from then, maybe one old green fly buzzing around. You know, a lot of times you're expecting something right now. But anyway, the word's been spoken. It's been released. And when it's been released, it can't be taken back. Hallelujah. Amen. When we realize right now that there's been a word, a message spoken in this day. The last message given to the last church age, and when God sent it, it cannot return to him void. It must accomplish what it was sent to do. Amen. So, you know, you know, again, a lot of times that's the way it is, like Jesus walking right down, and he sees a fig tree, and there's no fruit on it. He curses it. There's no change in the tree. You know, the word doesn't obliterate it and just all of a sudden there's a lightning bolt and busts it up from the root and throws it up to kingdom come. That ain't what happened. A word had been placed against it. And when the word had been placed up against it, here the next day they come by and it's dried up from the root. And they said, well, how soon this is? Well, you know, it had been, you know, first that went from seeing nothing happened to, oh my goodness, this thing is dead. What had it had been, it, there had been the word spoke against the life of that tree. And it was dying from the moment Jesus said it. 
It might have taken a little bit for it to manifest, but it was already dying. That's what I'm trying to tell you even about your own deliverance. You have to believe the word that has been spoken. Amen. That has been laid against that situation. And even if you don't see anything move, even if it looks like it's worse, it doesn't matter what it looks like. God's word has been laid against it and it's dying. Hallelujah. That's the way that you look at any divine promise of God. Because the creative word of God, I want you to know, your words are given to you by God to create. You can create atmospheres. Amen. You can, you can create, a, actually speak things that, are, that, are, that come into existence. It was shown to us by the prophet's ministry. And Brother Branham said, my new ministry, the new ministry is to curse that enemy. That's exactly where we're under, friends. This is the third pull, the new ministry. Amen. Is to take that word and curse that enemy. Speak it. Amen. Now, of course, he said that in just a half an hour, you know, maybe there was 10 pounds per square yards of those flies. Wow, I don't know how many that is, but whew, sounds like a lot. Creative words of God that was spoke by the lips of a mortal man. God uses men. God could have used the sun to preach the gospel. He could have used the wind to preach the gospel. But he chose men to preach the gospel. So, well, I'm not a preacher. Every one of you are preachers. He uses men to proclaim the word. And that's exactly what you're going to have to start doing in your situation. Is put the word against it. Not your unbelief. That, will, uh, that won't do anything. It'll, it'll, it'll destroy your faith. Amen. You just start keep confessing that word. Amen. Lord, you promised. You promised me, my children. Lord, you promised me. You promised it in the word. You said, well, it wasn't to you. Yes, it is. It's my book. It's my love letter. God wrote this to me. You take that in your heart. Lord, you promised to prosper me. Lord, you promised to heal. Lord, you pr- this is my word and, and that you gave me, and I'm going to put it up against whatever it is that's not bearing fruit. Amen. So, again, you know, God called men to preach the gospel. It must be demonstrated. Preach. Not teach, but demonstrate the gospel. In other words, the spirit is to follow the word as it's preached and creative words heal the sick and cast out devils. How, how in the world do you think that, that we, by the power of God, had cast out devils? We did it with words. Exactly right. Every time the sick is healed, it is done by the word. Using words, we, we pray, we curse that disease, we believe the promise, and the word is put up against it. And you standing there unwavering with your faith right there on the promise. Now, if you, if you just waver, don't think that man's going to receive anything of the Lord. But if you stand there with that unwavering faith, 
Amen. Looking at the promise and claiming it as your own, then God is obligated to bring it to pass. It's his word. Now, so, but, but now when we're talking about teaching, you know, don't get lopsided on that either. We do need teaching. We need anointed teaching because that settles the church. There is a need for that. But it's preaching the gospel, which Brother Brandon said is demonstrating the gospel. Now, so again, what the devil wants to do is get in the church, and this is what he's done. You know, he gets in and makes it all mechanics and no dynamics, or all dynamics and no mechanics, but we got to put it together. Amen? Amen. We, we, don't want it, we don't want it just to be cranking around on the pistons and everybody just running the aisles and, and, and shouting and whatever else. We want it to work. Amen. We want, it to re- we want it to work. We want to bring it where we can pull it down in the gear and go to divine healing. Go to, to, to receiving of the promises. Are you with me? Amen. So you see, we've got the power of the Holy Spirit, but we've got to come back with the word to feed the machine. So you have to have word and, and with it in its power. One won't, can't be without the other. Just a dead letter ain't going to get us anywhere. But it's when the word is anointed to your heart. Amen. When the word becomes quickened, made alive. Now, and Brother Branham told us, he said, now, my opinion as to what's wrong, he said, we're not coming with that real sincerity to the right thing for that. If God could do that under the blood of bulls and goats that only covered sin, made it perpetuate for a sinner, but the sin was still there, only covered over. What could he do with the blood of his son that admits sin? And God is not manufactured, but he created a blood that is, takes away all sin. And Mark eleven twenty four. 24, whatsoever you say to this mountain, move. And don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you said will come to pass. You can have what you said. How many believes that? This is the scripture. Whatsoever thing you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. Put your faith on that. And you'll have it. Amen. See, so he says, what's, where's the Pentecostal church at today? Amen. You don't realize that confess, truly confess sin, amidst sin, it builds a bridge across this chasm that takes a man back in the presence of the creator and makes him a son of God. And Brother Brandon preaches that way for a number of times, hitting it that way, building a bridge, building a bridge, building a bridge. But then he comes along and he said, listen, even the chasm is gone. There's not even a remembrance that you were ever on the other side of the chasm. The chasm is totally gone. Hallelujah. Amen. He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Why? We're not on the other side of the chasm like Adam was. We have been by a new birth, obliviated the chasm. And it's not even a memory before God. And you stand before him as a blood-washed son, a blood-washed daughter. Amen. Perfectly sinless in his sight. 
Come on, that's why we can pray the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. Well, Brother Tim, I don't know that I can do that. I'm not, you know, I've made this mistake and I've had many things, too many things in life. Listen, friend, if you'll get that under the blood of Jesus Christ, it'll be as removed from the east as far as the east is from the west. Amen. Though their sins were scarlet, they'll be white as snow. It doesn't matter about your past. Amen. Amen. No, sir. Your past that you're looking at is the wrong past. Look beyond that past to where I was in God before the foundation of the world. And there he put a claim on me and I am his and I'm not going back. Nothing of what the devil had me in uh, lures me or pulls me away. It cannot do it. I am a son of God. I know who I am and I'm standing on the promise. I am an overcomer. I can rise above this. I can believe because I'm a son of God and that's what sons of God do. They believe Amen. So what is it? Is God taking a humble sinner and cleansing him by his blood? Now, you've got to be a humble sinner. Amen. You've got to come down and realize I'm a sinner and, humili- and, and humble yourself and say, I've been wrong. And you turn from it. But then taking that humble sinner and cleansing him by his blood and dropping that confessed sin in the Clorox bleach of the blood of the Son of God and putting his own life into that man by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I hope these are not just words. I hope you realize when you receive the Holy Ghost, God's living in you. God's living in you. Amen. You're not the same anymore, but Christ lives in you. You, you say, well, my, my faith is weak. You're talking about your human side. My faith that I've received is not weak. The Bible said I'm crucified with Christ and I'm dead, yet I'm living. And I live now by the faith of the Son of God who lived and gave his life for me. So I'm not living any longer on my faith Human faith, it won't get you nowhere. Amen. But when you go by God's faith, you can believe for anything because nothing is impossible with God or anyone who is a son of God. Amen. So he said, Brother Brandon said, then if we have the genuine baptism of the Holy Ghost, what's wrong with us? When the type, when Elijah dropped the robe for Elisha, He got a double portion of it. Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater than this shall you do, for I go to my Father. What's wrong, church? Now, you've called us a Belzium of of visions and things like that. Get off my back. You know, I I feel the same way. You know, you stand stand right there. When I was with Brother Ron in... in, um, when I was with Brother Ron in, in um, uh, Arkansas, you know, this lady come running up, you know, and said, nobody has visions but Brother Branham. That ain't true. Nobody sees an angel. Nobody, nobody has, ha, can have a vision but Brother Branham. Well, I'll tell you what, in that meeting, a man came down, invited to the church, Third stage cancer, 
met a guy at a, that was uh, doing body shop work, and he said, man, I'm in trouble, so I've got third stage cancer, and said, I cannot get my pastor to do what the Bible said and anoint me with oil and pray for me. Said, I don't know what to do. And I went to another church, and they wouldn't pray for me either. And so I, I, I don't know what to do. He said, well, come to my church. He said, come to my church. We believe in it. He came to his church, to the church with his family. That man with third stage cancer there walked out of that building and, and just, you know, in days later, we get a report back, totally healed. Amen. Totally healed. Amen. But what's wrong with the church? You call us a bouncy ball of visions and things like that. Get off my back. You know, they're, they're, oh, you're, you're just wanting Azusa Street. Get off my back. I don't, I don't want Azusa Street. Amen. We've been moved beyond that. We're right here where we want to see the fullness of the word in manifestation. That's what we want to see. We want to believe every promise of God. Amen. Get to the gospel. Get down to the cross. We don't have to impersonate. Why would you take an impersonation? Why would you take a false conception of when the skies are full of Pentecostal, genuine Pentecostal power that makes a man or woman a son or daughter of God that takes him back in the presence of God? There you are, God revealing himself in humility. So what turned the water of the Nile to blood? Spirit quickened word. What brought the other plagues that tormented Satan's kingdom? Oh, I like that. Don't you know that's what we're supposed to be? Devil tormentors, Satan bruisers, serpent bruisers. We're the seed that is to bruise the head of the serpent. You all say, well, brother, uh, brother Tim, J Jesus did that. Yes, he did. At Calvary, he bruised the head of the serpent. But we're right here at the end to see it in its finality. That's right. Amen. And so you see, it, our, our job here in this exodus is to do exactly what happened then, is to plague Satan's kingdom. And that is, in my name, cast out devils. Resist the devil, he'll flee from you. We do not have to live with him as a monkey on our back. Amen. You can, I, I want to make it clear, you can, you must be an overcomer. Amen. The, the promise is never to the compromiser. The promise is to those who that overcome. And to overcome is to resist that Antichrist spirit. Amen. So you see, what brought the plagues that tormented Satan's kingdom? Spirit quickened word. What opened the Red Sea? What brought water from the rock? Spirit quickened word. Now, you know, when it passed along and the baton was passed down, you know, we have difficulty with that. You know, we, we don't want to take away from Moses. Moses is, is the, the, the prophet. Now Moses is dead. Now it goes to Joshua. We have problems with those transitions. Exactly. 
Amen. It happened with Elijah and Elisha. It would happen with John the Baptist to Jesus. He said, I must decrease. He must increase. It even happened with Jesus. He said, I've got to go away. But I'm going to come back in the form of the Holy Ghost, and you are going to do this. The works that I do, you're going to do. Now, so you see, we have trouble with the transitions along the way, but, and to realize, okay, you know, it, it's time to step forward into the calling of the bride of this hour. Look, and so Joshua, you know, here Moses is dead. God's taking him home, and God has laid his hands on him. God has called him for duty that he must not fail, and he's walking softly before the Lord. He calls the people together that God had commissioned him. To, and, and then what's the request of the people? Look at what the people said about to Joshua. We'll follow you as we did Moses. If we can see the same thing that followed Moses following you. Only be strong and courageous. And that, then you say, well, okay, that was great for Joshua. Well, listen, Brother Brandon said that ought to be the requirement of every born-again person today. If we're requested to follow, then let's see the signs follow the believer. As Jesus said, the things that I do shall you do also. Now, they may have thought, well, now Moses, Moses, he had signs, and that was just, now that was for their generation, you know. We only needed that to plague the Egyptians to get out of Egypt, and we don't need that now. You see, um, that was just for that generation, and, you know, they just needed that to prove to Pharaoh um, that God had sent Moses. So we don't need signs today. You know, the message was vindicated. The pillar of fire went an up and down on the mountain. It quaked and it trembled. And, 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 and that's how it was when the word, the law came. And so it's all been vindicated. So we don't need any more vindication. All of that ceased with Moses. So we'll take the land and we don't need signs and wonders. Really? You see, Joshua had to take his command, this command, and the people said, let the God be with you as he was with Moses. Now, he said, how the church ought to look this morning to find the Spirit working amongst the people. If you want a church home where the Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the Holy Spirit, that will move among the people. That's the Spirit of God raising up in the last day to take the people over into the other land, into the full promise of the blessings of God, to the full commission that he gave, or the promise, the promises to you and to your children. And we got to realize it, and it goes on to say, as many as the Lord our God shall call. So if God's still calling, the promise is still in effect. Amen. You know, we got, we got entire churches today that are saying, Lamb's not no longer on the mercy seat. Well, we're all beyond that. We, we know, no more mercy. Now, the, you know, all of this confusion that goes on, but I want you to know is as long as God's calling, there is mercy. And by the way, the blood is the Holy Ghost. And so the Holy Ghost is there for everyone, amen, that needs the Holy Ghost. I'm so glad you can't put a period to it. 
you know, God himself will call a halt. He said the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit will let until he be taken away. And he explains that in the seal, said she be taken away. When the bride leaves from here, then it's all over as long as we are here. Amen. There is mercy. There is the Holy Ghost. There is to be the power of God in the demonstration among the believers as long as we are here. My goodness, we need it. But he said, God called ministers ought not to be so stuffed out with theology, but have visited the land where we're going. And bring him back evidence of divine love and power of Jesus Christ and make known to the congregation that there is a land beyond the river. I think of a minister today that's called to step into the tracks where Jesus stood. What a command, what a commission. But each that's called of God is commissioned to stand in the same place. I'll be with you even in you to the end of the way. Each ministers to call to stand where he would. The works that I do shall you do also. Each minister is ordained of God, is commanded to stand in the tracks of Jesus Christ and perform the duties that Jesus performed. That's quite a command. Now, but you know, Joshua, when he went out there, what did he use? He didn't use psychology. He used spirit-quickened words, right? God used spirit-quickened words and that was shouted out from the people to bring walls down. Think of that. The word placed against walls. Now, it looks ridiculous, but it ain't ridiculous because by the word of God, the worlds were framed. So everything came from the word of God. And here God now instructs the people, be silent until I tell you to speak. March around there, you know, seven, seven days. And then seven times on that seventh day, a remembrance of that. And, and you know, here again, God used spirit quickened words. When they shouted, there was a power went behind that shout. And walls came down. Amen. When the battle went long and more time was needed, spirit quickened word went forth and stopped the sun and the moon until the enemy was totally conquered. Hallelujah. Amen. This was demonstrating the very power of God because only he could stop the sun and moon. How he did it, I don't know. How do you explain that? I really don't know. It's beyond my pay grade. Amen. I don't know how he did it. I don't know if he just lengthened the line, if he stretched out the curvature of, of the sunshine rays. I, you know, don't even worry about how. The fact is he did it. You know, we want to we wanna intellectualize it and figure it out. Forget about figuring it out. Well, that fish, you know, couldn't swallow Jonah. Well, God created it. Wasn't a regular fish. God created a fish and put it there. It wasn't, you know, it didn't even say it was a whale, it was a great fish. So anyway, God created it. Well, I don't care if there was never another one like it. It don't 
matter to me if there's never another one like it from then till now. God did something in that time for a specific reason. To get a heathen nation to repent. Showing the sign of the resurrection where a Gentile people would repent and come to God. Because as Jonah was in the belly of the well three days and nights, so will you be in the heart of the earth. Or I will be in the heart of the earth, Jesus said. He looked at the scripture and he saw himself in it. Don't you know we got to do the same thing? We got to look in the scripture and say, Mama, that's me. It's not, just, it's not just a story about Shamgar. It's not just a story about uh, Rebecca, you know, getting Eliezer called. It's, it's not just a story about Hannah and the barren woman. It's me. And you look into the Word and you say, that's my Word. Now, Lord, anoint that Word to me. And when that Word becomes anointed, something's going to happen. Amen. I pray today your faith will become anointed. Look at what happened with David. I mean, David was so different from Saul. Saul Saul had grieved the Spirit of God away. Totally grieved him away. You know, a type of organized religion today, so many have lost the Spirit. And, And Saul had grieved him away. He could not, with everything that he had, he could not deal with this Goliath. So here comes a guy, a little boy, by name, you know, just a young man. He wasn't a child, really. But he was just a young man. And he walks out there taking the promise of God. Now, he had been anointed. Well, Saul had been anointed, but in his case, he had backslid, and God had rejected him. Because of his disobedience. So here comes David along, now anointed to be the king. And God's anointing is on him. And he hears this, that, that Goliath is going out there. And he said, why have we let the uncircumcised giant defy the armies of the living God? That's what I'd say. Why would we let cancer? Why would we let diseases? Why would we let them filthy things uncircumcised out of the covenant, Goliath, that wants to scare the liver out of you, coming around saying days of miracles are past. Why in the world do you want to give an ear to that? It's time for some Davids in this hour to stand up and take the word of God and put it into action. He took five stones representing the name of Jesus. And the Spirit quickened the word. In other words, he's the power behind the bullet. He was the power behind the stone. God got into that arm. If God could get into David's arm, under the blood of bulls and goats, what about you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Can't you arm yourself with the promise of God and sling it at that devil? Let it loose and see him fall. Amen. Now, you know, he only had a little barely narrow place to hit, but it doesn't matter how hard it is, how big it is, how, you know, God specializes in things taught impossible. Now, 
he had so there he took and put faith in Jesus put faith in the word that's what we need is men that will take God's word with the power of the Holy Ghost behind them and press it out there and watch it come to pass God want God's words must be quickened by the Holy Ghost now so again, Brother Branham tells us he presents his army in the form of five offices, first apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists. That's his army. That's his soldier. That's his commanding officers. All with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, waiting out there to meet the enemy on any grounds. He comes upon to meet the enemy with the word of God. Each one backing the, one another up. Him, the chief captain, not out there in front, up here, above, behind, but in them. So he said, it isn't God's going before us. It isn't that he's behind us. It isn't that he's above us. He's in us. That's where we got to realize he's in. John 14, 12. He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall you do also. What is it? It's God in the church in these five predestinated offices backing up every word that he said with the Holy Spirit himself in there, which is the word made manifest, proving his resurrection, proving that he lives. Now, so again, he said there's, there's uh, other religions are dead. Their forms are dead. There's only one right. That's Christianity because Christ is living in the church of Christ. Amen. Making his words manifest for he is the same. If it's the same word, it'll do the same thing. It'll show the same works and the same signs. Matthew 28 said so. Be with his army in them, securing them. Think of it. The great word general triumph in us. Amen. Now, what is Matthew 28? He said, Matthew 28 said so. So what does it say? That he rose from the dead, proclaiming all power is given to me in heaven and earth. So all power is in Christ. And he went away and he left us. Is that the way he ends that in Matthew? No way. He says, now you go. And teach them to observe all things I commanded you to do. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. So it isn't that all power was given to him. He left, left, and left, heaven, left for heaven with all the power. He sent the power back. He said, you go back and, and observe what I've commanded you. And teach them to observe all things I've commanded you. And I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. So when Jesus taught the word, he said, it's the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. And let me just say, the words that he's speaking today, currently for this hour, this age, they are spirit and they are life. Now, he's the only one that can quicken the word. Amen. It's just like your body. Your body here is dead without the Spirit. So the Word of God is dead without the Holy Ghost to quicken it. The Spirit quickens the body. The Holy Ghost quickens the Word. Actually, I'm reading a quote from the trial when I'm saying that, so don't think I'm off on a limb somewhere. 
So you see, the body's of no effect without the spirit. This body's dead. And the word is dead without the spirit. It takes the spirit to bring forth the word to make it live. And he's the quickener of that word. Now, so all scripture is God breathed. You read a Bible. You read from the Bible here. You read any word from him. God breathed that. It came from a life. All scripture is God breathed. The very breath of God. Every son of God is born of the breath of God. He breathes into us the Holy Ghost. You are born of the breath of God. Look, God breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Amen. That's what, it, that's what it takes today is for God to breathe upon his soul and make it alive. You know, the Bible said Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, receive you the Holy Ghost. You know, that breath became a wind. And it returned on the day of Pentecost. And that breath of God entered them. Do you know when you receive the Holy Ghost, that's God's breath coming into you? He's breathing his life into you so that you are born of the life of God. So Jesus said, you know, peace I give to you. This is John 20, 21. Peace be unto you as my Father has sent me. So send I you. So now, exactly how did he do that? You know, again, he said, I'm going to, imp- to do this, I must impart my life to you because that's how the Father sent me. The Father that sent him came in him. And if Jesus sends out disciples in this day, the Jesus that sent us must be in us. And Brother Branham said, as long as there will be a true church on earth, they'll always be performing miracles. See, it's still wrapped in the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ, and his spirit dwells in the church and performs the miracles just like he did. He, Jesus said, as the Father sent me, so send I you. And the Father that sent him went, went with him and was in him. And the Jesus that sends you goes with you and is in you to the end of the world. And then in verse 22, and when Jesus said this, he breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. So he said, as the Father sent me, so send I you. So he breathed into him, up upon them, saying, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now, so you see, this is exactly this is exactly what happened. The breath of God enters in. You are born of the breath of God. His life comes into you. When he comes and breathes into you, he's breathing a portion of his own life. So you are the word quickened, made alive. Amen. A predestinated seed, a thought of God manifested in this age, now made alive by the power of the Holy Ghost. You go, well, Brother Dem, I'm predestinated seed. I don't need the Holy Ghost. Without the Holy Ghost, you can never be made alive. It'll never germinate the seed. 
It requires the Holy Ghost to germinate the seed of life inside of you. Amen. Look at the valley of, of dry bones. The word quickened. Brought bone to its bone. The word quickened. Brought flesh and skin. And the spirit and the word said prophesy to this army. It takes the spirit to put the bride in her position as adopted sons. Just intellectual teaching will not do it. It must be the word made manifest. And it's not a word church unless the spirit is in the word making it manifest. Amen. The spirit puts the bride in her place. As Brother Branham said, national forces put Israel in their place, but the power of God will put people in the bride. And he said the world forces this way, the world forces that way, but God forces upward. The Spirit of God, which is the Word of God, my spirit, my Word is Spirit in life, will put the bride in her place because she'll recognize her position in the Word. No national force will do it. But national force did drive Israel to their homeland. National forces at work right now forcing Israel into doing things they don't want to do. National forces trying to make them more that they can't even defend their homeland and eradicate the enemy. That's what national force, national force would be against, would, would be used in that manner against us, but we're going to escape it. Is that right? Amen. Because the power of God will raise the bride and the glory out of it. Amen. That, that's the promise. So you see, Brother Branham tells us that the, the spirit, like in, in the book of Revelation, is, is not seven spirits, but one. So they're representing a, a portion of the spirit for every age. And the seven messengers will have the same spirit and teach the same word and have the same power. And he said, if the church is the true church, It'll have the very same spirit and word and acts of powers that they had at Pentecost. By experience, it will be a Pentecostal church. And there will be tongues and interpretation and prophecy and healing. God will be in the midst of her and God will declare himself in the midst of her as he always has. Hallelujah. Amen. So, exactly even as as the new wine reveals the word of God as spirit, just like natural wine reveals itself in stimulated power, so does the wine of revelation. When you get true revelation, it stimulates you to believe the word, to accept that as your own, and to have it produce the word. Brother Brandon said, when the bride will get back to being a word bride, She will produce the very works Jesus produced. The Word is God. The Spirit is God. They're all one. One cannot work apart from the other. If one has truly the Spirit of God, he will have the Word of God. And if you have the Word of God, you'll also have the Spirit of God. Amen. Now, so now that's how it was with Jesus. In him was the Spirit without measure. And the word came to him. He was the word. In Acts chapter 1, the Bible said Jesus began to both do 
and teach. So you see, I, I want you to get this, Acts chapter 1, 1. I want you to see this real clearly. Jesus did not just teach. He began to do and teach. In fact, the first thing that he did, his first miracle, was turning water into wine. First things that he began to do was cast out devils, heal the sick, right? He began to do and teach. And Jesus said in John 7, 16, my doctrine is not mine own, but the fathers that sent me. So it's not even my doctrine, it's the fathers that sent me. Now, listen, Satan has tried to make the word just a doctrine, just a teaching. And has tried to make this an intellectual gospel when this message is a supernatural gospel. You see, Satan has tried to make this all mechanics and no dynamics. And he's done it until there's not enough steam to even blow it out the whistle. Amen. Where the people can even shout. But, I, you know, I'm going to say if we got fire, that should make enough stimulation. At least enough to shout. Amen. And burn higher than that. Come on. And drive on down to miracle signs and wonders until our bodies are changed. Now, so again, it is not going to be by intellectual preaching that people are drawn. God will draw them by the Holy Ghost. And Brother Branham tells us that's what is in trouble with the church today is we got too many educated preachers without being born of the Spirit. And men and women like to listen to intellectual speeches instead of the power and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he said, that's what's got us into trouble today. Amen. Now, we call it preaching when the Word is only a lecture. That's not preaching. Preaching is the word in power. It's the word demonstrated. Amen. It's not a word church if signs don't follow. If it's truly the word, it will demonstrate itself. This is very important that we, we understand because as Brother Bradham said in the Patmos vision, Paul said the word came in power as well as voice. The word preached actually demonstrated itself. Like a flame and cutting sword, it went into the consciences of men. And like a surgeon knife, it cut out diseases and set captives free. Everywhere those early believers went, they went preaching the gospel, the word. And God confirmed the word with signs falling. The sick were healed. Devils were cast out. They spoke with new tongues. That was the word in action. That word has never failed in the mouths of believing Christians. And in the last days, it is here stronger and greater than ever in the true word bride. Oh, little flock, you little minority, hold on to that word. Fill your mouth, your heart with it. And someday God will give you the kingdom. But when the word is lectured, it's just dead for the word, for the letter kills. But when it's preached, then the Spirit gives life. It cuts out diseases. It casts out devils. It speaks with new tongues. It displays its power. For it's the Spirit that quickens. Now, so you see, you see, the Word is a person. 
This is where we get confused. We, we, we got a Bible, and yes, we believe it contains the Word of God. You can lay this on a dead man, it won't raise him. You can take and burn this, but you can't burn God. You say, well, this is the Word. Okay, yes, it is the Word. It's the Word in print form. It's the, word, it's the thoughts of God, and, and it's, in, it's here up on paper. But the Word is not a book. The Word is a person. Now, it is a spirit. It is called the spirit of truth. Look, at, look in John 16, 13. Howbeit when he, what's personal pronoun? He, the spirit of truth is come. So notice truth is a spirit. He will guide you in all truth. When he comes, he will guide you in all truth. Now, the devil has tried to turn the gospel, this gospel of power, into just word only. And it just shows you haven't been restored. As, as an adopted son has the word in power. As First Thessalonians 1 and 5, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power, in the Holy Ghost, in much assurance. So you see, it came through manifestation of the word. It is what the Bible says. So now, that's why Brother Branham asked the question, you know, when he raised from the dead, and I loved that song a while ago about him raising from the dead, and that's the gospel that we're preaching. He's alive. That he's not dead, that he's alive, that he's with us, that he's in us. And how do we know? Oh, well, because I feel him in my heart. Well, that's good, but he's manifesting himself in my life. Amen. A lot of people have feelings, but is it manifested into a godly, holy life? Is it manifested in the works that Jesus did? Is faith being manifested out of your life? You see what I'm talking about? Amen. So when he raised again from the dead on Easter morning, then we as his servants are commissioned by him to go into all the world and bring this good news to every person that he's living. And he says, and how can we do that by word only? For it's written the gospel came not by word only, but through the power and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit to prove that he is alive. Now, there, if there is another gospel, as Paul spoke to one of the groups, I'm so surprised you turn to another gospel, which is no other. There is no other but a make-believe gospel to a denominational fiction, turning from that good news. Because, and because I live, you shall live also. It isn't that just heroes and lives again. But because I live, he said, you're going to live. Amen. And he said, he said again, I'll live in you and the works that I do, John 14, 12, the works that I do shall identify myself in you. What a message. And I'm telling you, that's the message, folks. That's the message. The word living not the word of collection, not the word just in print, but the word living. Amen. So again, what a message. No wonder he said we've had a dark world of theology, but in the evening time it shall be light again. There'll be a resurrection. 
Hallelujah. In the evening time. What is it? A sunrise. What? An S-O-N rise. This is, this is a day where suns are quickened by the Spirit. Where suns rise. Not fall. We've had them fall down through the ages. It's been a cycle of revival and death. But we're in a sunrise. This is the rising of the sun. Shalom. Good morning. The sun is up. Amen. This is a, and, and, and you say, well, yeah, Jesus rose from the dead 2,000 years ago. Great. I'm glad you got that. But bring it a little fast forward. Bring it right over in our age. I'm glad to see today. He's living. Where is he live? In his people. What was it? They were in a world of dark theology, but they have raised from the dead out of that to life. Amen. And are showing that he is what? The same yesterday, today, and forever. It shall be light in the evening time. What is it? There shall be sons of light that will thunder against the sons of darkness. Amen. We are in a war. We are in a battle. And here is arrayed the sons of light and the sons of darkness. But guess what? The light prevails over the darkness every time. We are in the time where the light is prevailing over the darkness of this evil age because God has raised us up out of the dead dark theology and the graves of man and the tombs of religion and brought a resurrection in this last day. Brother Branham tells us, pick up your pen and write, said, here's the secret now. The words in the bride as it was in Mary. We, that which is conceived in you is of the Holy Ghost. What am I preaching to you? That life that's in you was conceived of the Holy Ghost. This wasn't conceived of man's ideas, theologies, whatever. It's conceived of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The bride has the mind of Christ for she knows what he wants done with the word. She performs the command of God, uh, of, the, of his word in his name. For she has thus saith the Lord. He did not complete all his work while in his earthly ministry. So now he works in and through the bride. She knows that, for it was not yet time for him to do certain things that he must now do. But now he will now fulfill through the bride the work that he left for this specific time. So you see, again, he's going to work where? In his bride. Now, Brother Branham would always take John 14, 12, the works that I do shall you do also. And he'd always place it with end time scriptures. Over and over, he'd put it with Malachi 4, Luke 17, 30, Revelation 10, 7, John 14, 12. It all is to do with what? End time scriptures. Over and over again, you see, they were going to fulfill the ministry of Christ, but they couldn't until the ministry of Christ had come. And God sent the ministry of Christ again in this last day. Hallelujah. So that what? He could finish it in a bride. There is a work to be finished. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, so you must recognize then that even the greater part of John 14, 12 could, could not be fulfilled until this day. The seals had to come open. 
The ministry of Christ had to come again. We saw it in Brother Branham, didn't we? We saw the repeat of the ministry of Jesus Christ. You know, we're looking for his coming where we'll meet him in the air. But he's already come in word form. But now, that's past tense. He came as a message. That's past tense. All one man's scriptures have been fulfilled. Now it's a body ministry. And where is he at today? In bride form. Jesus, not walking the shores of Galilee in the, in the man called Jesus. The Holy Spirit, his spirit is here in his church. Who walked in on two legs in this service. What was that? That was Christ. Who are you? Jesus. Deity. Sons of God. Daughters of God. Manifesting the promised word for the hour. Showing that Christ is not dead, but here he's alive. And I'm showing he's alive amen, because he's manifesting himself in his people. Amen. Oh, my. Think about that. Here a bride in this last day to shake the kingdoms of hell. Oh, my goodness. Don't you realize, friend, you, you know how degrading it is for a man to be whooped by a woman? You know what it does to his masculinity to be beat up by a woman? My goodness. That, that, if anything hurt a man, that will hurt a man. For a woman to beat him up. It'll hurt his pride. It'll hurt everything else. But we're about to be the woman that whoops the devil. We're going to hurt his pride. We're going to bruise him up. He's going to get a bruising in this day. We're not going to be left behind. We're not going down with the world. Come on, somebody. Amen. We're going forward, not behind. Amen. We cannot be conquered. The mighty conqueror is in us. Amen. We, we are more than able to take the land. Amen. We, we're going to have everything that she had. The voice of God is in her. The works that he did, she does. And he has raised up a people that will conquer death Hell and the grave. Listen, you've already been seen as part of the vision of binding the serpent death. And the last enemy is about to be destroyed and bound and we're going to leave from here. Death will leave your mortal body. Amen. Every bit of his signs will leave your body and you'll be changed from mortal to immortality. Amen. So you see, if the groom was the fullness, then we, the bride, must be the fullness. Now, for the evening light has come. So how, as Brother Branham asked the question, how can the evening light be anything than back to Acts again? So there it is. These signs will follow them that claim to have the mechanics. Because the dynamics will take its place. Paul said the gospel came to us not in word only, through gasoline only, but through spark also 
to make it move. There, there you are. It came in that manner. Now, God does not want our faith to be in just knowledge, but the power of the message. When Moses came, it was not a lecture. It was the word in power. It was power to make Satan let God's people go. We must have that. We get a sinner come in here. We must have that power over that serpent. You know, I, I think about Moses going down there binding a serpent. Well, you know, Pharaoh, as far as I know, from what I've seen, he had the, up on his crown a serpent head coming up. And he was the head of that snake. And God showed him right then, you know, right then, here it is. I can take and, and, and swallow up everything you've got. You know, you know the whole thing of Moses doing and bringing all the plagues? They had the God of the flies, Beelzebub. They had God of this and God of that and God of the Nile. Well, the first thing Moses did is start showing, your God's dead. It's powerless against my God. All of these years they had watched the, the Egyptians, powerful people, great army. Oh, your God's powerful. And poor little Israel, little weak, you know, Israel and, and slaves in bondage. And their God ain't doing nothing for them. And they ain't heard from him in 400 years. But all, oh, you know, here's his majestic temples and beating of the drums and the power of Egypt and God blessing us and we're, we're the great ones. And Pharaoh, he's God's, he's a representation. And God said, sent a prophet and said, okay, I'll show you. I have the power to bind you or loose you. And not only that, all your other serpents get swallowed up by mine and I have the power to bind them or loose them. So then we walk down to the Nile out of the, which is a God, you know, the, the, the the, the gods of the Nile and that had fertilized their field, made them rich and gave them their prosperity and, you know, had their navigation, all these other things. And they worshiped this God of the Nile and he turns it to blood. What'd he do? He killed it. He killed the Nile, turned it to blood and everything died in it. What was God doing to Moses? He was proven. He was Lord, supreme ruler, and that everything had to bow to him. Then he walks over there, and here's Beelzebub, you know, the god of the flies. And he's the ruler over the flies, and we pray to Beelzebub to hold the flies back and hold the curses back that comes with the flies. And guess what? He's got to obey him. And he calls for him and makes him obey him to torment them with, with millions of flies. What was God doing? He was showing to Israel, I am greater than any of the other gods. They are nothing before me. 
What did God do in this day? Nothing will stand before your prayers, not even cancer. I'm greater than cancer. I am greater than your trouble. I'm greater than anything that you're going through. I am more powerful, more wiser, more able. I am God, and I'm God alone. And everything else has to bow to the name of Jesus. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is ruler, Lord of all. Hallelujah. It was more, it was more than just a lecture. It was the spirit quickening the word, the promise for the hour. And Brother Branham said, he said, today... He said, God had made the promise, and the hour was there for it to be anointed, the anointed word for that hour that they live in. Now, that's what we need today is not back in some seminary system, but an anointed word for the hour that we live in to bring forth Jesus Christ to the world again. The same yesterday, today, and forever. There is a program laid out for this day a promise of God, and the only way we'll ever be a getter right is let that word be anointed. Hey, we got the word. There's no need to argue about that. This is without a contest. We have the message. We have the word. We have the mechanics. Let it be anointed. Hallelujah. As, as I quoted a while ago, Brother Bradham said in Watchman, What of the Night? Now, the new enemy is, or the new ministry is to curse the disease that's in there. That's the new ministry. Curse that disease. Amen. You know, it's just to lay faith against that disease. Just look at, well, like us. Let me read the quote to you because I kind of quoted the other a while ago. But, you know, laying your faith against that disease. Look what Jesus did. How he used the spoken word against the tree. You know, it didn't obliterate and blow it out of the ground. But what happened? He said, what happened? The tree had been cursed. And when we pray for you, that's what we're doing. Amen. The faith of God had been placed against the tree's life. Now, if you let that faith stay there, the tree's going to die. Amen. But if you are unstable in your ways and let every little thing that comes up change your mind about it, he, he said, now, there was nothing physical you could see, but way down beneath the earth, down in the roots of the tree, death was setting in. It had been cursed the sixth sense had come against it. It had to die. It started dying from the roots. And that's the same thing, he said, takes place with cancer. The same thing takes place with a tumor. The same thing takes place against any disease. When that sixth sense of the power of the Lord raises up against it, said, Satan, come out of there. You may not see no physical condition Happen right away. But that faith holds there just the same. It's been cursed. That sixth sense, that super sense won't, won't let it go. It won't pay attention to how you feel, how you look, how you act. 
It won't have one thing to do with it. God's word has been applied. The sixth sense takes a hold of it. That's all. She goes to work. The cancer begins to dwindle away. It dies from the roots and it's gone. Hallelujah. What is that? Spirit quickened word. So you see, anointed ones, as he says, coming in this last day to make that word live again. Just waiting. God's gave the message. It's just waiting for somebody with faith to anoint it and to make it live again. So you see, all of these things that he says, you know, again, because we have to fulfill the word for our day. We are here in the day in the fulfillment of the word of God. And we must be identified with all the word. There, there again, it isn't that we, we want a bunch of gifts to play with. We just want what the word says. It isn't that we, we want to be known as divine healers. We just want what the word says. Amen. It's not that we, you know, that we want to be known as, as uh, ten-horned, uh, um, you know, nerds and, and we got great revelation and understand. We just want to know what the Word said. We're not trying to be some great uh, educated, knowledge full of people, knowledge people. We're trying to just receive what the Word said. If he says seven thunders are revealed, seven thunders have been revealed. I don't care how that hair lifts the devil. Amen. We still believe what it is. The thunders have been revealed. They have released rapture and faith to the bride. And we are moving forward in rapture and faith. Amen. Not going back. Look now. Remember in the back. What's what's in the vision for a moment? Those other churches in the preview went down. But not this bride. She reached a certain brink of the hill and she kept going up while the others went down. We are not a part of the falling. We are the part of the rising. Amen. That's what we are. We're part of the ascension. And as Satan falls, we ascend. And we cannot stay where we're at. We cannot remain the status quo like, like the lepers you know, why sit we here till we die? Why, why just repeat the, the cycle of revival and death? We break that cycle. That's what you do in your families. Come on. Don't live with your complex. Well, my family, you know, I, I tell you, my daddy, I, I tell you what, nobody ever loved me. Oh, come on, get, your, get out of that. That's what drives people to drugs and alcohol, that kind of thing. Get out of that and look to the promise. I am who he said I am. I am an overcomer. I can rise above that. I will not be defeated. I am the bride body of Jesus Christ. I can defeat any enemy, any adversary. I don't care what my past was, what my parents done, what my grandparents done, how they acted, how they did. It don't follow me. I've got a new birth. I've been born of the breath of God and I don't belong to the devil anymore. I belong to God. You want your tears and a beer, go to a bar. But I'll tell you what, why don't you just get full of the new wine 
of the stimulation, the joy of the Lord and say, I, can, I am who he said I am. Amen. I'm the blood washed, blood well, son or daughter of the living God. Square your shoulders back. Go through whatever you're going through like a Christian would. Calling things that are not as though they were. So well, I tell you what, this is happening here there. Call it as though it was not. And say it is. Say it is. Say it is. My children are coming. My health is coming. My deliverance is coming. Say it is. Say it is. Say it is. Lay your faith against it. Curse that thing. We must fulfill our destiny. Amen. The time is to rise, not to fall. Amen. The time is to go forward, not backwards. I believe we're in that age and that time where spirit quickened word must be there. Brother Branham, let me just, let me just catch a little, just, just a few more minutes. Now, you know, Brother Branham talks about how the church, before the church can have the rapture, it's got to have rapture and faith. He said, we can't even have faith for divine healing, let alone rapture and faith. Got to have a faith that will change this body and be taken away. I believe there's a church on this road tonight, a power of the living God, that men will speak the word here and there, and it will flash like lightning. A church is coming out, not a psychologist, not some put-on make-believe, but a real, true, genuine, anointed, Holy Ghost called-out church. Again, he says, I believe the church of the living God is moving into a sphere. Now, we're rising up, moving into a sphere that's going to shake the whole world. That's the first time it's been since the days of Jesus and Nazareth to a human being. Ask anything you will and it shall be given to you anything you desire. Don't you see the words of Jesus Christ being fulfilled? Oh, it's going to come to pass pretty soon. I'm looking for it to happen in this meeting. I'm waiting I'm wanting it to happen now that the anointing will strike the whole church of the living God and she'll rise her feet like a mighty marching army. The sick will be healed by a word. The blind will see, deaf will hear, the dead will be raised up and the power of God will shake the world with the church of the living God. We're in the process of it now. I believe it's soon coming to pass. I believe it'll be exactly that way. I believe it's going to strike the church of God soon and it's going to start a revival to shake the world. Now, understand, revival for the world is over. We know all those quotes. But the bride's revival ain't over. It is a full-blown word revival. Spirit and life. Amen. So you see, he says, and what shall I do with Jesus called Christ? We say about Listen, we say about Satan's big machine up there ready to move. That's right, to crush down. But remember, God's little flock that believes his word, its mechanics is ready too. It's ready for the dynamics to sit at a fire with the Holy Ghost. Fear not, little flock. It's your father's good will to give you the kingdom. The Holy Ghost will strike a little church that's come out from the world women that wears long hair, Nazarite, to prove they're separated from the. Here, here again, this is what he said. Dynamics to set it afire with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost striking that little church that's come out of the world. That's the hour that we're living in.
Amen. The church is ready. She's sealed in, ready to come. There will be a big outpouring of the Spirit. Yes, sir. To grab that church and take her into the skies. Exactly, because the church, the word, the bride, and Christ and his ministry is in his bride, which is body, the spiritual body on earth. His spirit is there living his life right out until him and the church becomes one in the wedding. See, they become one. He takes them, just a little minority, in the last day. Spirit, quickened word. It's the spirit that quickens. It was the spirit. It was the Spirit that quickened the Word to Sister Lana that day, sitting right up there in the mezzanine, sitting there with one of her daughters, I think, maybe one or two of her children, sitting up there. Cancer had filled her lungs. She's sitting there listening to the Word priest, and it was quickened. It was made alive. What was being preached that Bible days are here again with that same anointing, that same power, and that she could lean on those everlasting arms. And out of the mezzanine, she danced a woman with a frail body, weakened with cancer. And she went back to the doctor for scans the next day and was pronounced cancer-free. Why? The Spirit quickened the Word. Amen. You know, I, I got a picture of, spe- of spirit quickened word just yesterday. Brother Michael took his children, William and Drew and Brooke, to run the St. Jude's race for cancer. They all, they all won a medal. They ran for Brother Ron. You say, well, what's so wonderful about that? Well, one thing's wonderful God still gives visions. There in a prayer line there at family camp, he saw a vision of little Drew walking. Faith was laid against it, though we didn't see any changes. But something was happening. You see, you, you see, it's amazing. Amazing that a little boy with an underdeveloped hip who had never crawled, who could not pull up, who was sitting on the floor at 18 months old at the end of the bed where my wife was lying there weak and partially blind after a brain bleed. And there as she began to think of the Lord in his word and got off of how am I going to live this way? Well, we'll make glasses for you and you'll be able to, you know, special glasses and this and that. How am I going to live this way? How am I going to do my housework? How am I going to be a wife? How, you know, all of these questions, the worry, the fear, what's, what, you know, when could it happen next? All of these other things. And laying there, her mind turns from that back to the promise. You get a sinner right here in the presence of God and his mind turns toward the promise. Sin can't stay. It can't hold them any longer. Amen. And now she began to worship God and praise him. And it anointed the word. And the Holy Spirit came down. And there it came upon her and her blindness left at that very moment. 
and swept right on down over the bed all to the way to the end of the bed. And little Drew, sitting there on the floor, jumped up and ran all over the house. What was that? Spirit quickened word. You doubt it if you want to. I was there when it happened. And yesterday, the boy saw in the vision was third place in his division. Hallelujah. Amen. What is that? Spirit quickened word. Not only that, there's a word for prodigals too. Amen. Kimberly Ware, don't you ever believe God don't answer your prayers? Amen. She came up in that prayer line that night and said, I want my brother saved. Said, our family's divided and, you know, he's out in sin and I want him to come to the Lord. And that spirit quickened word was spoken prayer and got that boy Justin out of, out of his bed and brought him to the house of God in his pajamas. And he's, he's still serving the Lord today. Married to a beautiful wife who sang so beautiful the other night. I'll tell you what, it got good. It got good. Amen. What was that? Spirit quickened word. That same word can go out and save your loss. That same word can heal your disease. That same word can take care of your crippled condition. It's spirit. Wicked word. Hallelujah. We ought to believe. Should we believe in this day? The words that I speak, Jesus said, are spirit and they are life. I'll tell you what, we had the, what, I don't know, what, 10th, 12th anniversary the other day when Adriana Pruitt was thrown 30 foot on a ripstick, had a concussion, couldn't see. And her daddy, Brother Timothy, praying, oh God, we were just out here for a little relaxing time doing nothing wrong. Please let my daughter see and remember. She couldn't remember. She couldn't see. She is, I can't see you. And he began to pray. And here in a few, you know, here, her vision comes back and her memory starts coming back. And when I heard about it, it was spirit quickened the word. When I heard the news and I said, let there not be one bone broken. And after MRIs and exams, she had a complete bill of health. And while, while all that was going on, the word, came, the word of the Lord came to Brother Timothy. He said, what you've seen in the natural. Now, you don't believe in prophecy, but let me tell you. What you've seen in the natural you're going to see in the supernatural. What do you see? A mangled body, loss of memory, and blinded eyes. Well, that word went out and found Philip Roncalli. Come on. His family had piles of handkerchiefs under his mattress. He was spiritually mangled. He was spiritually blinded and had spiritual amnesia. But I tell you, he came to life. That next Wednesday night, what was it? Spirit, quicken, word. Hallelujah. Amen. That's the second right. Does it work? 
Does it live? Will it manifest itself? Will it hold in the time of storm? Amen. The anchor will hold in the time of storm. What was it when Jude Oglesby born with an enlarged left kidney and the other one working very poorly? The baby would sleep all night and have a dry diaper. Specialists looked at him pondering on how to treat that kidney. Is Jude here? No, there he is. Stand up, son. Come over here. This is my grandson. He's got my height. <laughs> Six foot tall. Amen. Come on. This is my, my son, Jude Oglesby. Specialist said he had a reflux of in the kidneys that, sh- that shoots back up and of the urine shoots back in the kidney. And you'd have to be put on antibiotics every day for a year to prevent any infections. At four months of age, they did a nuclear, uh, uh, nuclear medicine scan to find out if his kidney was operating. The results showed it was only working 8%. And they told him it would probably eventually stop working and it ought to be removed. I know we're talking about miracles. We're talking about spirit quickened word. But here come the word and was quickened. Lydia asked the Lord to lay on her heart when she should take him up for prayer. Because she knew God could and would heal him. And on Wednesday night, she'd been in the nursery and came back to church and turned, turned back to her seat. And God told her, now here's the word, God told her, this is Jude's time. So she dropped her bags in the back and walked down to the front for to pray for him. And the Lord met us there. And the spirit quickened word. <laughs> Amen. The word was quickened. And she knew from that moment he was healed. And the next morning he walked up with a soaked through diaper that had never happened before. Praise God, he don't wear diapers anymore. Amen. She gave him one more dose of antibiotic after that and stopped. Thanked the Lord for it every day. Went back for a checkup over a couple of months. Oh, that's a healthy boy. That's a fine boy. You know, you know, that's a big healthy boy you got there. You know, kids with kidney trouble have growth problems, but not this one, because spirit quickened word did something. So at a year old, they had another nuclear medicine scan. I'm talking about my God right now, what he can do. Had another nuclear medicine scan. He went for that at a year old, and they compared the two reports and said, your son's kidney is perfectly fine. It is operating normally and is growing perfectly. Thank you, Jude. Think of that. It was spirit quickened word that sent me home early from Ohio, preaching in Ohio. Hearing about Brother Ron and his condition, he'd been laying there for nearly oh, a month, you know, and I was trying to get reports and understand his situation. And I, God just laid it on my heart, get home, get home, get home. I got home, 
and uh, was headed out for Virginia. I found Brother Ron there. He would lay brain dead with absolutely no brain activity. It was five hours, five hours from his organs being removed. And spirit quickened word from our mouth carrying your prayers raised him back to health again. That's what we're talking about. A dead man raised back to life again. What was it? Amen. Spirit quickened word. We seldom talk about Lily Pedersoli. That poor mother of three has had all kinds of health problems. She went to an unsuccessful brain surgery. And after that began to leak brain fluid out of her nose. And the doctors couldn't determine where the leak was coming from or how to stop it. So she had emergency surgery where they put a shunt in and drained the fluid from her brain to her stomach. The shunt would need several revisions over time. Due to complications, she even had more brain surgeries. Then she developed a, a, um, a condition in her spine. It's called a syringomyelia. Uh, that because she'd had it so long, a seric cyst had formed in her spine it was about three-quarters full, and it was choking off the life down through her spine to where her legs could, uh, could not move, and it filled all, all the way. It mean total paralysis. So she went to a Barrows Neurological um, Institute, and the doctor did a total redo of her surgery. And their hope was that after reconstruction, that any obstruction Originally, there would be moved out of the way and allowing the brain fluid to, to flow free. And it would slowly trickle out of the, the syrix, which is a cyst. And they would monitor it over time to see his pro- progress. But you know, when she went through that surgery, you know what happened? She lost the ability to walk, use her arms, her hands. Her core didn't have, lost the ability to stabilize her body. Even when she learned to walk again, she couldn't walk normal. Well, you know, was walking sideways and, 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 and had to be steadied. And she was to go back to an appointment on Monday. So on Sunday, she decided to go up for prayer. And these are her words that I remember wobbling down to the front. Brother Tim steadied me for a minute while he talked to us about 10 minutes or so. And I did. I knew she needed some faith. So I just began to recount the things that God had been doing, just like I'm doing right now. I began to recount to her. Basically, I told the church about anything that would get our faith built up. And and we started praying. And she said, I felt his hand on my back where that syrinx was. And it felt like fire on my back in one spot. I'll never forget to this day how it felt. And... I even felt that, she said, after I got back to my seat, it was still burning. And I got up the next morning, was going to go to the appointment, she said, and I just watched the video of the service before. I wanted to see, you know, I just wanted some faith. I, I wanted to be able to face this with courage, whatever the doctor would say. And, and I wanted my faith built up. But when I watched it, and I rewatched it, I saw Brother Tim never laid his hand on me. He never touched it, but I felt him touch it, and it burned. So she said, I just went to the 
the appointment and let it settle in her heart. And the doctor's exact words was, Lily, not only did all the fluid drain out of your cerex, but you don't even have one anymore. What was that? That was God quickening the word. She called me up the the next day or that evening sometimes. She called me up and she said, Brother Tim, you know, when you prayed for me, you didn't place my hand on my back. I said, no, I didn't. No, she said, you don't understand. I felt your hand there, but you didn't put my hand, your hand on her back. I want to ask you what touched her. Not my hand, but God's hand. It was, it was spirit-quickened word with a burning fire that healed up that syrix. Amen. So did she remain crippled and paralyzed after that? No. She went back, she went back home after that doctor's appointment and said, I'm going to do a balance test. So she got there. Normally, she'd stand there and close her eyes and she'd fall. Said she couldn't stand, you know, with her eyes closed and would fall to one side or the other. Said that didn't happen. That you know, I didn't sway, and I stopped holding on to walls, and I, I started wondering, could I walk by myself? And I took one step and straightened my core, and another step, and I've been walking normal ever since. Yeah. Hallelujah! One step, another step, another step. I'm telling you, take another step. Yeah. Hallelujah! Let the word become quickened to you and walk toward that promise. Take another step forward. You say, but my marriage is bad. It's a hopeless situation. I'm telling you, my God will restore a marriage. My God will restore a home. My God will heal the body. The spirit quickened word will go forth and set God's people free. Let God get into the word. What more could I say of David Dexter's miracle with his eyes? And oh, I could go over many one to one after another, after another, after another, after another, after another. What is it? God's showing you this word lives. It's not just a dead letter. And that we are, must be a word church where the spirit and the word works together. I pray your faith is built up right now. Amen. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Bow your head. You've been having marriage problems. I'm praying for you right now. For your marriage. I'm, I'm speaking life over it. God's going to turn your situation around. You've been having... You've been having sickness, illness, financial issues. The blessings seems to be been held off of you. I'm telling you right now, the word is releasing its power to you by the Spirit. Amen. I want you to receive it right now. Just say, I receive it right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I receive it from myself. You say, I've been a sinner. I've been away from God. I've been a failure. I've made my life up. It's in shambles. That's okay. God does that which is men's thinks impossible. 
He heals to the uttermost. He saves to the uttermost. I want you to believe right now. You got say, but my kids are getting worse. I want you to quit saying that. Say it. They are, they are not getting worse. They are absolutely responding. I'm putting my faith. I am seeing, I am seeing that enemy that's got him held die. I'm speaking against that mountain. I'm saying, mountain, you're going to be removed in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm putting my faith right now against that. I, I am a believer. I want you to say it. I'm a believer. I am a blood-washed child of God. I am an inheritor of the promise. I'm an heir of what he said in his word. And I receive it for myself in the name of Jesus Christ. And now I'm going to talk to the devil. Satan, you take your hands off of God's property. I speak against that right now in the name of Jesus. And I speak life to God's people. Health to them in every way that they will be blessed above all the people of the earth. Because they are the seed of Abraham. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let the musicians come now. Hallelujah. 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 Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Put your faith against it. Just keep locked in just for a moment now. It is no secret what God can do, what he's done for others. He'll do for you. He's no respected person. He cares. Jesus cares. He cares for you. Walking by a man one time after preaching like this, one of our deacons sitting by the door on oxygen. Laid my hands on him and prayed, rebuked that thing. Three years. Three years. You know, Brother Joe, three years without supplemental oxygen. God extended his life. Now, yeah, he died. We all have to go sometimes. But God extended the life. Blessed him with some good days. You see, he's going to turn your sorrow into joy. Your mourning into dancing. You're going to come into all the blessings of God because they're yours. You are the blessed people of God. I'd say, Mama, that's me. It's for me. It's for my children. It's for them that are far off. What he's done for others, he did it. He did it for Mandy's husband, Philip Jerry's son. The other boy going down the road not even thinking about God doing the wrong things got in a red light bad word come out of his mouth for him. as he's there something struck his heart you shouldn't talk that way you shouldn't be that way and right there in that car God changed him from darkness to life it don't take but just a moment and it comes sometimes just suddenly, just suddenly. 
it'll happen. Expect it. Believe it for yourself. It is no secret what God can do. Now what He's done for us.
sing this again those of you that want to go you're dismissed now the service is dismissed then sings my soul my savior God to thee
sunrise shall come What a day we shall abide ourselves now you can just worship God uninhibited service is over if you feel like speaking in another language service is over we're just here worshiping however you want to do it you just express yourself with a loud praise or soft voice however you just worship him right now and just say oh God how great thou art how great thou art amen thank you Lord and when I think of God himself not sparing he came to die. I scarce can take You know what? He's doing it for me. It was his life for mine. And take on that old cross. My burden. He was gladly buried. Amen. He bled. He died. To take away my sin so that I could be his righteousness. Blessed be his name. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee.
get to him. How great thou art. How great thou art. Praise the Lord. Michael. In our chariot, the old. 